Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Out of there with it, a Coro. Okoro into the lane, up with the left hand, and it rolled around the rim and in. I like it. Sexton with a steal as he poked it away from Morris. Sexton to the other end, drives and scores. Jared Allen at the foul line. Allen, run of the lane, into the lane. Bank shot, good. Jared Allen makes it 58-52. Cavs within six. Hey, what he finishes, doesn't he? Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Great to have you with us. Of course, the Cavaliers will wrap up their five-game West Coast road swing tonight in Golden State when they take on the Warriors, so... This should be a, a nice program to get you ready for the Cavaliers and the Warriors a little bit later on tonight. Jim Jones, as always, great to be with you. And my goodness, my friend, what you have done with that black book of yours once again this week is amazing. One of the all-time Cavs legends, World B. Free, is going to stop by and pay us a visit. And then he'll be joined by a special guest, another all-time Cavs legend, Joe Tate. What that should be just so much fun. Yeah, it should, Tim. And uh, every time, you know, I've talked to Will two or three times a year for the last 20 years, but but he's never turned me down. You know, I don't know what it is. Uh, so when I asked him, he jumped at the idea. He still has a fond, many fond memories of Cleveland. And, of course, uh, there was your era, you and AC and Campy and so forth, the miracle uh, in the late 70s, the 80s teams with – Brad and Hot Rod and Mark Price and Larry Nance Sr. But there was a, a couple of special teams in that uh, 80s era, or I should That's say right. uh, early 80s era, with World B Free, especially one that rallied from a 2-19 and start to get to the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, he, he, he literally saved the franchise. Tim, they were getting 1,500, 2,000 people a game until World came. Yeah, he literally did save this franchise. So I'm really excited to hear from World B Free and, of course, uh, our great friend Joe Tate. That's going to be a, 
a special conversation indeed. We're also going to hear from the voice of the Canton Charge and another guy that we're very familiar with on the Cavaliers Radio Network, Scott Zarilla. He's going to stop by and pay us a visit and talk a little bit about what's happening with the Charge. So we've got a busy show ahead, so stay with us. It's Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. and We'll come back and have... We'll be free. Join us after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And once again, my broadcast partner, Jim Jones, has done an unbelievable job in opening up his black book. Now, we're playing the Prince of Bel-Air, of course, Will Smith. Our guest was known as the Prince of Mid-Air. Yes, World Be Free, one of the all-time Cavaliers legends, now takes a seat in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ. World Be Free. I was telling you before we uh, popped you on the air here, this is going to be a big thrill for me because I watched you down at the Coliseum with the Cavaliers uh, when I was attending college at Kent State. So to think now all these years later, you and I, along with Jim, have a chance to chat. This is a real thrill for me. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to be on. And, uh, you know, as, as you, you guys know, uh, Cleveland is a place that's very, very uh, – I have a big spot in my heart for it. Well, uh, you know, you and I have been talking all through. You know, I know you work for the 76ers. And before we talk about the 76ers, before we even talk about Gene Shue, Jelly Bean, and Daryl, Big Daryl, I want to go all the way back to Guilford College. When I was playing with the Carolina Cougars in my second <laughs> year in the ABA, and we went over to a gym. That's where we used to practice over Guilford, and there was this bodybuilder, 6'2", with a 40-some-inch vertical that <laughs> shot his jump shot behind his head. Now, picture this, guys, 40 inches in the air, shot the jumper behind his head and released it on the way down, and it had an arc of about 60 degrees. It went straight up and straight down, hit the same way every time. I said, who in the heck is that? So that's that's the kid from New York. And then, remember, we talked and we hung out a little bit. But let's oh, yeah. go back to Guilford College. How did how did you get to Guilford? Well, uh, well Guilford, uh, I got there from a player uh, that was from Brownsville by the name of Gregory Jackson. He used to be a high-jumping guy, uh, the other guard with me at Guilford College. Oh. And uh, he was uh, like three years three years older, four years older than I was. And, and basically, he was a senior, and I was that freshman coming in. And uh, he, we both from Brooklyn, from Brownsville. And he asked me, "Well, he said, look, if you come, if you come down to Guilford College, you, it might give us a chance to go ahead and win the championship." And uh, you know, he said it'll give me an opportunity for the pros to look at me and, and get a chance to see me. And he was a guy that I looked up to back then from the projects. And mm-hmm. um, that's what that's what brought me down to to, uh, uh, to Guilford College. Well, Jim mentioned that 40-inch vertical, and I alluded to earlier, the Prince of Midair. Everybody talks about your shooting ability, but you had hang time. I mean, it seemed like when you jumped up, you weren't going to come down for a while. Well, well you see, Jim, Jim, 
took off four inches on, on my vertical. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a 44-inch vertical leap. Me and David oh Thompson goodness. used to battle down there in North Carolina and, right. and going over at it Shaw. with that kind of stuff. Over at over, over Shaw. Just played, yeah. just playing with those guys. Uh, going oh, my goodness. Wow. So out of Guilford, uh, you end up going to Philadelphia. Spent your first mm-hmm. three years in Philly, which Jim described with some real characters on those 76ers team. Then you get traded <laughs> to San Diego for a first-round draft choice, who Philly ended up using to draft some guy named Barkley, by the way. Philly used that pick <laughs> on Charles Barkley. Two years with the Clippers, then you go to Golden State, and then, of course, for Cavaliers fans, December of 82, you are traded from Golden State to the Cavs for Ron Brewer, and the Cavaliers' fortune saved. World, there's a lot of people that think you truly were the salvation for this franchise at the time. Uh, did you realize it when you arrived via helicopter that you were going to kind of save this franchise? Well, I, I knew one thing that I, you know, I still had enough confidence in myself and, and the ability God gave me that I knew that I was going to uh, be able to, to win more games than what, what was um, preceded here before I got here. Um, you know, I know it's just about like a thousand fans, fifteen hundred fans in, in the stands. And I remember when a reporter asked me, he said, "Well, where, you know, you coming from Golden State? Golden State had a good record, and uh, uh, you know, you coming here where you know the franchise is in disarray." Uh, I said, "Well, one thing, you know, I said with the fans, I said, you know, they, he said they, what he said they won like twelve games or something a year uh, last year." I said, "Well." At least they're going to win 13 games, you know, while, while I'm here, <laughs> you know, for this year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it started off with that, and, and I remember we, me and the reporter just laughed with each other, and I told him, I said, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we can we can make it happen and, and, you know, keep basketball over here in Richfield. Now, whose idea was it to come into Richfield on the helicopter? Oh, uh, that was Harry Wellman. To bring you in via <laughs> helicopter? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I can remember yeah, that yeah. like it was yesterday. Was World be idea. free arriving on a helicopter. Yeah, that was the idea. And the thing about it, the helicopters, uh, they, they had a, a the pilot was a, a seemed like he was a comedian because I asked him. He was one of those little toy helicopters to me looked like because I've never been in a helicopter before. And you could see the bottom of the ground while you while you were way up there in the air. And I'm I'm like, I'm scared of flying anyway. And, and so I told him, I said, well, look, I don't have to sign this contract. If you just put me right down. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was the thing that and I asked him, I said, how long have you been flying? You know, and he said, yeah, I just, just started about like a couple of hours ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're flying over trees, you know, and everything. Get, Going to Richfield Coliseum from the airport, I was like, scared, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> Jim? Well, well, I had been in that arena when they had won those 12 games that year, and it almost brought tears to my eyes. And when they told me you were coming, I knew what was going to happen. With, with your personality and the way the media always loved you, I just said, you know what, this guy's going to resurrect this team. And I don't, I can't remember on both hands how many times and I'm sure Joe will bring it up, uh, how many times he said to me, World Be Free saved this Cleveland franchise. There was talk of moving it, getting it out of Cleveland because it was a football town. You come in there, you're getting sellout crowds when you play against the best teams and you always produce 25, 30, 40-point games. 
and then they just wanted to come out and see you. You did rejuvenate our franchise. Well, well, thank you. I know you guys, uh, Jim, had the miracle of Richfield, you know, and, and and I know after, you know, that that went, went by and they had Ted Stepney and they told me it was the owner at, mm-hmm. and when I first got there. And they said, well, you know, it was, it was getting so bad that, you know, people didn't realize if they were going to have a check that next next two weeks or whatever. That's right. You know, and it, so everything was on people's minds when, you know, when I got there. And, you know, I just tried to go ahead and put a little light into the situation and, and just, you know, Tell everybody, you know, things are gonna be all right. Let's just play basketball, and and, and that's that's basically how I was doing it for the time period that I was there. And um, you know, like I said, uh, I, I knew I had still some stuff left in the tank, so I said, you know, let's go and see what she was gonna bring. And Rich um, Richfield was a heck of a place because you know that was a nice <laughs> building, and uh, you had two gyms in there, practice yeah. gym inside there. I mean, that was that was a nice place. Yeah, well, I liked you, it. You made it rock, no doubt about that. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Jim alluded to Joe joining us. Yes, the play-by-play guy of the Cavaliers when you were here, World Be Free, the iconic and NBA Hall of Famer Joe Tate. So we're going to have Joe drop in on this conversation to uh, offer some World Be Free memories. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're coming back after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. World top of the key, world in the circle, he spins, he shoots, on the rim, in! Ball hit the rim, went up to the air and fell in. World steals it back, throws a 20-footer, good! World with 35, and the Cavs are up again by eight. Dawkins lost the ball, picked it up, blocked by Hinson! Outside the world, world in the backcourt of the dribble, a minute and ten to go. Cavs are on their way to the playoffs, into the four-court Davis, and this crowd knows it. Oh, my. Goosebumps up and down the arm as that is the legendary Joe Tate with the call of the Cavaliers going to the playoffs back in 1985. That was the team that started the year 2-19 and and then finished 34-27 and after that 2-19 and start to advance to the playoffs. Joe Tate joins us on the line to join in with our conversation with World Be Free. And again, we're happy to uh, orchestrate this reunion of sorts with uh, Joe and World. And before we let you two chat a little bit, uh, Joe, what's your fondest recollection? What's a memory that comes back to you when you hear the name World Be Free? Well, I think it's more than just saying one game or one one basket. It's the fact that World was the guy who saved the franchise. Because when we came out of the dark days of Ted Stepien, there was some concern as to whether or not we were going to make it, period. World showed up and played great basketball. And uh, as you heard there, they got us to the playoffs. I can honestly say that I have had only one serious argument with Wayne Embry over the years, and that was when I told him that I honestly thought that World B. Free's number should go up in the rafters because he accomplished as much, if not more, than some of the guys who are up there. So uh, I'm glad at least they're doing some things, World, to uh, recognize you because those of us who were there 
when we needed you the most, we remember, and believe me, uh, some of those games were exciting, and it was strictly the World Be Free show that made it that way. Thank you so much, Joe. That's an honor and a pleasure, really, to hear you say what you said just now. You know, sometimes, you know, people, uh, you know, we we go through life, and, and people doesn't realize, you know, how other people think about them. But what you just said right there, you put it all in one barrel and consider it no more. That, that, that's even better than my jersey being put up in the rafters for what you just said to me right now. And I mean I'll, that. I'll tell you this, World. Yeah, yeah, thank you. There is no doubt in my You're welcome. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, you were such an important part of the Cavalier franchise, especially coming out of the period of time that we were in. That, uh, And the thing that I remember as much as your baskets and your play on the floor is the fact that you were totally fan-favored as far as your involvement with the fans. In fact, I think if uh, you could somehow take the pictures of you dealing with fans during your time with the Cavaliers and take it now to ball players coming into the league saying, watch this man do his thing with the fans. That's the way you should treat the people who are paying to see you play because you always, I've seen you get out of, or lay up lines and all to sign an autograph, take a picture, and uh, people just loved it, just absolutely loved it. So uh, your mark uh, is definitely <laughs> on the wall. It, at, uh, and I, I'll tell you one thing, Joe, see, what you didn't see, see, I had to pay those fines, but that was all right, you know. <laughs> 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 I, I, I figured it, it was worth the while. You know, we could have 10 people in, then we can make that 20. That was okay. <laughs> but but it was it was a great time and I and I and I'll say it again you know it, it was great having you doing our announcing because the fact that when when you were doing it and even when I was like hurt for games and, uh, and I listened to it on the radio you know and you sound like when you when you listen to you it's like you're right at the game because you're so into the game and it, it was just it was it was amazing for me and it's a pleasure for me to know who you are. World, well, one that's, of the, that's great. Oh, that's definitely. awesome. Again, and, and obviously we're biased because we think Joe Tate is one of the greatest NBA play-by-play guys there ever was. So not only were you able to play for the Cavs and have Joe call your games, you also had two of the greatest PA guys scream out your name with uh, Zinkoff in Philadelphia and, of course, the late, great Howie Chiswick here in Cleveland. When you would hit a three-ball down at the Coliseum, Howie Chiswick would just bring the roof down with his uh, world be free for three. I mean, it was just electric. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember I remember Dave Zinkoff, but he hasn't called. He didn't call it as much as I, I had it called over in Cleveland because I, I shot the ball a lot more over there. But Doc and there wasn't giving me the ball a lot in Philadelphia. World, I would just like to add to this, just to, just, to, just to give Joe just an endorsement of what Joe said, how close you were with the fans. I was doing basketball camps at the time, and we started advertising around Christmas over to do three campuses at Tri-C College. And I remember that at the time, we had been had our advertising out for guys close to three and a half months. And all of a sudden, I said, you know what? I've got World's number. I wonder if he'll allow us to fly him in 
one morning early, do the camp, and then send him right back to New York. Because, you know, you wouldn't leave New York. I know that. So, <laughs> so you know, so we could get him back. You're so right. <laughs> we advertised that World Be Free was coming to spend the day with our campers. World, we went from 50 to 200. You remember those kids? 250, oh, almost yeah. 300 kids. Listen to this, guys. Before the day ended, that's how popular we were. We've never had a camp. I did camps for 30 years at Tri-C College. I've never had anything close to that response. These fans truly love you. Now those fans are grandfathers and grandmothers, but, uh, well, we will never forget you. <laughs> well, you know what they, you know what they always say, Jim, and before we, we do go off, and I want to tell you, you, you definitely, definitely the gentleman in the scholar yourself, you know, oh, even you. from down in Guilford College from when thank we first you. met. And then, you know, and, and the way, the way you, you, you didn't have a big head when you, when I was talking with you, you were like a regular guy, you know yep. what I mean? Even though you were thank a star. So, you know, I'm, I'm just letting you know, even from my kid and everything else, I, you know, I watch you, you know, and, and, and believe me, you know, I have a whole lot of respect for you. Oh, well, thank you. It's hey, mutual. Hey, World, we know you're pulled over yes. on the side of the road. You're traveling. But can we indulge you to spend one more segment with you? Would that be all right? Sure, sure. No problem. And, and Joe, it. same for you? Sure, Al Carn will pay for the ticket if he is. I want to talk about that 84-85 team, the 2-19 and team, and get some memories of that because that was a special year down at the Coliseum. So thank you so much. So we're going to have World and Joe stay with us for one more segment. So we'll take a very quick timeout. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're coming back with more of World Be Free and Joe Tate after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. As the Cavs strive to be champions both on the court and in the community, we are proud to support local nonprofit organizations through our weekly 50-50 raffles presented by Oswald. This week's raffle will benefit the Cavaliers Community Foundation for complete 50-50 raffle details. And to purchase your 50-50 raffle ticket, visit Cavs.com slash raffle. Thank you, Cavs fans, for being the diff in our community. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Great to have you with us, and boy, what a fun show we're having. Again, huge thanks to my broadcast partner, Jim Jones. He's got that black book that is just full of NBA legends and sitting in the legends chair. Actually, he's sitting in his car seat right now, but we call it the legends chair. World be free. One of the Cavalier legends and certainly a, another legend as far as the Cavaliers are concerned, Joe Tate. They're both joining us here on Cavs HQ. Boy, what a show. This is a lot of fun. I told you guys before the break, uh, in World's four years here in Cleveland, uh, probably, well, without a doubt, the most special year was the 84-85 campaign. This team started the year at 2-19, and 
and then suddenly just caught fire. They went 34-27 and after that, finished up with 36 wins, but it got them to the playoffs where they engaged in a four-game war with the Boston Celtics. Boston wins the series three games to one, but the total points was dead even between the two teams in those four games. It was dead even between those Celtics te- or that Celtic team and the Cavalier team. So I told you guys I wanted to spend a, a, just a couple of minutes on that season. World when it was a 2-19 and record, George Carl in his first year as coach, uh, what were you and John Bagley and Phil Hubbard and Roy Hinson, Johnny Davis, mm. what were you guys thinking at that point? Well, we, we, we definitely had confidence in ourselves. And, you know, in our locker room, in the practice sessions, you know, we knew what we could do. So, but we had to find somebody who was going to go ahead and be the leader for that, you know. So, and, and the thing is, because we had different people come from different places, and we, and we had the young guys coming from college, and we, we needed to put it all together. And I believe, you know, that's what happened with, with the change. And, and they, 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 they were looking for something, and, and I knew I had something in me, you know, with them, but I knew I had it. But, and I just try to go ahead and just give them what I when they see me running out there and I'm I'm early for practice and I'm I'm late going out and they say well wow this guy can do it you no know, we can do it too you know and and I think that's what really started Joe when you look back on that year uh, and people talk about the miracle of Richfield with my partner Jim Jones and AC but I recall as I told World during the first segment uh, I was in college at the time coming to the Coliseum to watch those games and the playoff games against Boston, the Coliseum was rocking. It was just a great story. <laughs> Joe Tate, your recollections of it. You know, I'll, I'll give you a little story. When the team hit 219, uh, George Carl was looking for a gun to shoot himself. I mean, he was <laughs> in a bad frame of mind. <laughs> and Mo McCone, assistant coach Mo McCone, told George two things. He said, Make sure world gets the ball and just sit back and let them play. There you Don't go. try to outcoach everybody else. Just sit back and let them play. And that's exactly what happened. The team gave the ball to world and everybody had a good time. And the next thing you know, we're headed for the playoffs. Jim? <laughs> well, the thing that I've always known about world is that his highly competitive nature and, uh, Going back even to Philly, with all of that talent, you probably had the most talent on the bench and starting than any team in the history of the NBA, except that old Phillies team that that Wilt played on. I'm serious, as far as person, personnel. But, World, I could see then, based upon what I knew of you from Guilford and I knew of you the way you were as a person, that traditional style of coaching, you're too young because you're a rookie, now they play young kids, you know, and so you got to take mm-hmm. a back seat to this guy. I remember those games in Philly when you would be hot and you would bring the 76ers back. I don't know how many times I saw it on television or when we played you, and then they would give the ball to Doc, and he would miss the shot. And <laughs> So, you know, I know you can't He made, he made the it. money. <laughs> right, right, right. Let Doc do it, right? <laughs> you know, when, you know. But when you came to Cleveland, it seemed like you were free. Honestly, you know that that this was your team. You put your stamp on it. 
You had fellow New Yorkers like Roy Henson, you know, from Jersey, and those people, kids you do, and uh, tough Johnny Davis, you know, who could play tremendous defense. It just said, and the bag man who could find you. Uh, it just seemed like Ed, everything Ed, Ed, Edgar Jones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Six Edgar 10. Jones. Yeah. Who, who, Joe, Joe, you remember Edgar because I remember you interviewed him quite a few times. Ed, Edgar Jones told me one night on an interview, Sweets, that uh, – he said, yeah, I can block shots. I block them with my face. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was another Howie Chiswick classic. Edgar Jones. Oh, right, yeah. That's right, Edgar Jones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so real quick, we only got about a couple of minutes left, but I want to talk about that Boston playoff series because that was a Celtic team that was just outstanding. And you guys went toe-to-toe with them over four games. As I said, the total points when the four games were done were dead even. World, uh, your recollections of that playoff series with the Celtics? Well, I remember this here with George Carl. George Carl, you know, he, he was like a coach that was like a scientist. You know, he'll go in the laboratory and he'll mix stuff up, you know, and he'll come out and then give it to you. So uh, he always told us, he told us every move that a person made, every individual on that team, like Larry Bird from Dennis, from Dennis Larry Bird to, to Dennis Johnson. You know that they might they'll fake one, t- the other guy might fake twice all the time. You know anything that they did, it, George Carr had it mapped out, and that's what helped us really to go ahead and, and get that far. With the way and, and the problems that we were giving them because we wasn't going for all of their moves and all their head face. We had their plays down packed. I mean, for the first time, I even studied those plays. So it was like, you know, <laughs> everything fell into play. <laughs> Joe, that was a great series. I remember some of your great calls from that Celtic series in 85. Well, you know, by the time the Cavaliers, that team, got to the playoffs and faced the Boston Celtics, I really think that team felt they could beat anybody. And uh, they came with the proper mindset. Boston was loaded, and although Boston won the series, they uh, probably had one of their toughest tests dealing with the Cavaliers in that playoffs because Cleveland really came ready to play, and the fans came ready to back them 100%. He sure did. <laughs> well, World, before we let you... Before we let you go, we got a couple of minutes left. And again, I cannot thank you enough mm-hmm. for joining us and taking this extra segment with us. Uh, as you look back, what really stands out for you from your days as a Cavalier? Well, just, just bringing, bringing everything back with my teammates. You know, just bringing it back. And, and I, like I told that reporter when I first got off that airport, uh, at the airport and got off that plane, I said, my, my objective is, come and bring fans back into Cleveland, back into this building, yeah. and let them enjoy basketball. Because I know Cleveland was a site basketball town that people know and respect basketball. And I knew that when I was traded there. And that was my objective, to get in there, make something happen, and just, you know, flourish. I, but, but my big thing is, though, me and Joe Tate, Joe, if they yes, put sir. my jersey up, we need your microphone right by it. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> you were a great one, world, and I enjoyed everything you, right you were with us. <laughs> and I'm not supposed to cry during this show. Don't make me weep over here. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's great, great stuff. Well, and again, that's all in, that's all in good see, because you know they always say you know people like I said in the beginning you know people forget, but a lot of people who remember you know it's just a good that's thing. That's right. 
Well, the both of you, World and Joe, uh, you know where you are as far as uh, your status with Cavalier fans, young and old, and what a treat this has been to have the two of you join us on this show. This has just been so much fun, and we really appreciate it from both of you guys. Great stuff, guys. Thank you. I well, enjoyed thank it. You thank very you very much. much. And I appreciate you guys. You guys take care of yourself. You'll stay, stay focused and do what you have to do and stay safe out there. Joe, I love you. Love you too, world. Hang in there, buddy. Uh, all right, I oh, will. That's great. Jim, big Jim, I'll talk to you later. Love you. Okay, love you too, little brother. Uh, oh, stuff. All right, y'all be good. All right, you too, world. World, be free. Oh, and Joe Tate, how awesome was that? Wow, Jim, I'm serious. I got a little emotional sitting here listening to those two. There's such a bond between them. I've been all over the country listening to announcers. I played for so many different teams. Joe Tate is the best. Yep. There's, there's it's uh, not even close. I mean, I know he and Chick Hearn come from the same area, but I'm telling you, Joe Tate is the best. Nobody gives direction and geography of what's happening for the imagination better than the great Joe Tate. Thank you, Joseph. Oh man, unbelievable. All right, quick timeout. More to come. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Blocked out of back, turn around, fade away, left baseline, jump shot, what a shot. Back to Randolph, into the lane, drives and scores on the rim and in. Big steps by Levi, left corner pointer coming down the left baseline, drives with the tomahawk slam with the right hand and a foul to go with it. Oh my goodness. And we welcome you back. It's Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And yes, a voice you hear often along the Cavaliers radio network, but also the play-by-play voice of the Canton Charge. Z-Man Scott Zarilla now stops by to pay us a visit and bring us up to date as to what's happening with the Canton Charge. Scott Zarilla, as always, a pleasure to be with you. Guys, great to catch up with you. I haven't talked to you in a bit. It has been a while with our uh, new normal, per se. <laughs> That's right. So you're, 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 getting... in this, you're in this part of the Rocket Mortgage field house, and I'm down the hall. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Well, you're getting used to uh, doing something that Jim and I have been doing for a couple of months, uh, calling Canton Charge Games off monitors as the uh, yeah. Charger down in Orlando. So kind of bring us up to date uh, and bring the listeners up to date as to what's happened with the Charge early on in their G League bubble. Tim, the first thing I will say to you is, speaking of doing the, the new norms with the broadcasting, you and Jim are doing a great job. For our Thank listeners you. that don't quite get it, it is different than doing it live, but I listen to you guys, and you never know the difference. So just keep doing what you're doing, and it sounds fantastic. Oh, thanks. Thank you. As for the charge, well, it's early, but they have shown signs of life, and they have shown signs of, of issues, uh, much like yesterday. Uh, they gave up a, a G-League high of 141 points. But the thing with the team right now is they're missing the starting center of, of Marquise Bolden. You're both aware of, of Marquise, of course, this time with the Cavaliers. And without your big man in the middle to either play some defense, protect the rim a little bit, or you can run the offense through him, he can score on the block, he can, he can find open shooters, give them space. They haven't had him. He's got a soft lower back. And the Charge right now are playing very small. They are wing-dominant right now. And uh, the bigger teams, uh, the, the teams that they've been playing so far, have big athletic players that are just taking advantage uh, of the post. 
And uh, right now, that's the biggest problem with the Chargers, despite the fact that they won the second game of the season. Right now, they are one and two. Scott, when you look at the protocols and uh, and uh, no fans in the stands, is there a home court advantage? I mean, even on that level in the in the G League, you know, you know, you watch those games and you say, you know what? It's kind of hard to come back and be motivated, especially if they tell you this is your home game and you're in a bubble and there's no fans. I mean, that's got to be three to four points a game right there. Yeah, Jim, it's funny because I don't, I don't see the home court advantage, much like the, the NBA in the sure. bubble when they played there. I think that's where you have to try to generate that offense yourself, the energy yourself, sure. and the personal pride yourself. And I just think that, um, you know, again, speaking specifically to yesterday's game where the Chargers just beat the third quarter, they were outscored 41-18. to 18. Now, Jim, you played a long time in the NBA. I'm sure you played a lot of games where a team would go on a big run and your, your shoulders slouch and you drop your head and it just gets away from you and it just snowballs from there. And I think that's a lot of what happened yesterday. And watching the other games around the league, um, I think it's even going in. But as we well know, talent always rises from the top. And as yes. to your point, Jim, when you're on a neutral floor and you're trying to rally, I think it's very difficult to do. Again, we're talking with Scott, Scott Zarilla. He's a member of the Cavaliers Radio Network, and he's also the radio voice of the Canton Charge. And, Scott, one of the things that uh, you and I were talking about earlier, uh, the G League certainly wasn't mandated. So uh, the Cavaliers organization, they actually elected to take part in the G League bubble down in Orlando. And that really speaks volumes as far as the developmental aspect that the Cavaliers are looking at this with. You know what, guys, it really does. And if you look around, I don't know how many of, of the listeners right now realize about 47 to 48% of the NBA consists of guys that have spent time in the G League at one time or another. Now, of course, a lot of those guys have only played a couple of games, but you'd be surprised at some of the names that I could rattle off. And I'll give you a couple. I mean, Pascal Siakam, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson put like 29 on the charge a couple of years ago. Pascal Siakam. You know, look what he's done with the Toronto Raptors. And again, I could go on and on. The list is so long. But, you know, if you use the league right and you try to get the guys, and it's difficult to do right now with, with uh, the bubble of the G League and the way that the NBA right now is trying to minimize players coming and going. Um, but teams have shown that if you use the players correctly and use um, the assignment process correctly, that it can be very beneficial to the future of your team. And I always fall back to, to the Toronto Raptors. I mean, right now, look at Chris Boucher. He's a yes. reigning defensive player of the year from the G League. He's a reigning most valuable player from the NBA G League. A lot of people have no idea who he was, and now he's getting quality minutes, and he's really playing well for Toronto. So, you know, you've got to get the right guys, and when you do, the G League certainly uh, holds a place and can be utilized in a way to really grow the players for your future uh, for the parent uh, for the parent club. And Scott, it's funny you should say that to grow your players because you know most players, all players, they want to win. But if your management 
development is right up there with winning, don't don't you think? I mean, you've got to have a place to develop these young kids. Now, probably more time, probably more this year than years in the past. You've got a lot of young kids, Scott. Well, there, there are, and, and that's the thing. I mean, right now, you know, rarely do you see high draft picks go back and forth, but you find guys maybe in the mid-rounds that if they're with the parent club and they mm. sit and they sit and they sit, well, how much are they really learning? Because, you know, when I've talked to your son, Kendall, Jim, who's an assistant coach with the charge, and I've seen him work with the players. I mean, really work with the players. That, of course, happens for the Cavaliers and the Mavericks and every other team in the NBA. But, Jim, again, you speak to this far better than I can. Until you play in a game, that only goes so far. We can run drills and the strength and conditioning, and we can do everything to get you ready. But are you really ready if you don't play? And that's That's what there are so many teams in the Julie that have done such a great job, because I'll tell people, They'll play 30, 35, 40 minutes in the G League, two and three and four games. Then the parent club brings them up. And they're not going to play 35, 40 minutes, but they'll play 12, 15, 18 minutes, and they play them when the game means something. They don't give them garbage minutes. They'll play them a couple minutes in the second quarter, a couple minutes in the third quarter, here and there to add up to 12, 15 minutes. And they get that taste in their mouth, and then all of a sudden they take what they've learned in the NBA, go back to the G League with all this confidence. They play better in the G League, and what happens? The NBA brings them back up, and then they become rotation players. That's the formula that I have seen work. All right, you see, man, we got to let you go. You know how it works with a clock. So, uh, again, I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Scotty. Appreciate hey, stuff. I know, I, know there's, I know there's Jeff, there's Joe Tate, and there's... Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Scott Zarilla joining us as, again, he not only is a member of the Cavaliers Radio Network, a senior producer, but the radio voice of the Canton Charge. Thanks, Z-Man. We'll wrap things up after this timeout on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Jim Jones, huge thanks to you. What a great guest in World Be Free and Joe Tate. So great big thank you, of course, to not only Jim, but the guys on the other side of the window, Kurt McLaughlin, Marty Allen, Leo Simone. Biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, along the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome.